0: Welcome back to the Sustain Us podcast,
1: episode six. And fun fact, there are six people in our podcast production team as of today.
0: So today we have Rasmus.
1: Yep, yeah, and Charlie over here <laughs> <laughs> again at the university recording. And yeah, what are we talking about today?
0: So today we have two guests. They are studying design in the Linshaping University, mm-hmm. so today they are going to talk about design and sustainability.
1: Yep, yeah. When it comes to, for example, circular economy and all of our material circulations, design is sort of at the heart of all these possible solutions. For example, so it's, or could say that it was an interesting conversation for sure, and. Uh, You will hear it now.
0: So here we are today uh, with our two guests. Maybe you can introduce yourself first, uh, who you are and what do you study?
1: Mm, And where you come from. Yeah, yeah, sure.
2: Hi, um, I'm Shilpi and I'm doing uh, the master's in design program in Shoping University. I'm from India. And a bit about my background, I did uh, my bachelor's in fashion and textiles, so there's design there. And then I worked for a couple of years in the UX industry, and then I always kept wondering, like, what more could design do? Because I feel there's more to design, and that's how I kind of came across the program here, and I've been doing the master's program, and hopefully we will graduate soon (laughs) from here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm Mia. I'm from Hong Kong. So, um,
3: also studying the Master in Design program, and with a focus in the Visual Media track. Mm-hmm. So, my background: um, I studied Environmental Management and Technology for my Bachelors, and I worked in a nonprofit organization called Redress for a few years, mainly um, educating designers on how to design more sustainably in terms of fashion design, and so. And then I kind of got into design myself mainly from work and also seeing how a communication plays an important role into uh, changing mindsets and um, and how designers can you know create solutions mm. yes mm-hmm.
1: yeah. oh sounds great yeah okay. and then we would like to ask mm-hmm. as the theme of this podcast is mm-hmm. sustainability yeah and like mm. you mentioned that you've already be your are mm-hmm. interested in sustainability yeah, yeah. but uh, what does Does it mean to you like sustainability as a concept and Mm. in your personal life, for example, or how do you see it?
2: Um, Like before we jump into the topic of sustainability, Mm -hmm. I think because we come from the master's in design background itself. We'd like to take this from a slightly different angle with like start with the design perspective and then kind of go into what sustainability means Mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's a
4: good idea. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. I mean. You want
3: to oh okay so i guess for design initially i guess both of us will be more like i guess product focused Mm. and then i guess um maybe mainly on like uh graphical design and very like practical aspects i guess but then after joining this program we can see how uh design is quite ubiquitous yeah Uh, seeing like uh, seeing it everywhere so not only products but like services and systems itself and we would kind of through this program we realized how design is itself is quite ontological mm-hmm. like you redesign something
1: mm. and
3: in this in this world and but then what we design will also affect us in that sense yeah. so this is how we see it related to sustainability yeah. in that
2: sense yeah, yeah. Mm. so, yeah. Yeah, so design is like
1: behind everything basically
2: yeah I mean yeah. I if you if you really look at it like that's how design works at some point mm. somebody has thought of something and planned out and like implemented something mm. so anything could be design and like I guess with the duration that yeah. design impacts things so much that mm. it has become like maybe social practices or mm. cultural norms so yeah. design has like very deep roots but yes. it's like with I guess how we define things over the past i don't know a couple of hundred years we started right. to look at design with a very technical perspective but then gradually we are kind of going past that and starting to actually look at design in uh, in a more broader perspective yeah. i would say
1: yeah
3: how is kind of what you do then how it works within the system or how it impacts everything else yeah I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah yeah so yeah like in general if we look at it like one of the most prime examples that we keep mm. getting even from our professors is about like how the healthcare system is. It's mm. It varies from different country to di- country and like from region to region. Mm. So th- that itself is a sign that it has been designed differently. Maybe looking at specifics to the region or the people or yeah it could be anything or like even the availability of say practitioners or specialization in that sense. So there's yeah. design like in those levels, but we hadn't really been looking at it. But now people are kind of maybe again, say, going back to a bit more into the theory of those stuff. And they're Mm -hmm. kind of seeing that like design does exist in so many different levels, but we may not necessarily be calling it as design over the time period. Yeah,
0: actually, before I met any design student in Mm -hmm. Leenshaping University, I didn't even know that design is so like so close. Uh, Having a really close relationship with sustainability. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. I had a trip to a municipality in Norsheping, and yeah. then they have a really powerful 3d map um, introducing mm. people about okay now this is the project that we have in the city how uh, how is it bringing the neighborhood a uh, really a sustainab- sustainable neighborhood mm-hmm. and then i look at that design i was like oh my god this is so impressive and then they said oh this is designed by the students uh, in the shopping university they studied design mm. and then i didn't know that the uh, design can be used in so many ways that it can benefit people um, just to promote sustainability. Yeah. And then I met Mia mm. In you um, have a project uh, where you create a map in this forest mm-hmm. and telling people what is that again? Like p- project uh, with forest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That yeah,
2: about the Swedish forest. Yeah, the Swedish yeah. forest. Yeah. In yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was one of the assignments for our uh, program mm. where we had to kind of uh, choose a particular um, issue or topic mm. and then um, gradually develop it where we kind of chose to speak about Swedish forest practices or mm-hmm. we like to call our project like the forest dilemma. Yes. Because it's like there are current practices mm. and they are kind of presented uh To be sustainable Mm -hmm. but then the whole thing about sustainability that it's relative to time and a lot of other factors so it was a sustainable practice and because of certain beliefs that's how it has been Mm -hmm. but then you know how things are changing right now with climate change and everything so it's not necessary that those practices which have been followed from a very long time are necessarily sustainable so that's how we kind of developed that project, where yeah. we kind of showed like, uh, what are the kind of forests that are in Sweden, mm-hmm, and yeah. um, how much of it is actually protected, and mm. what are the practices. So yeah. it was just kind of trying to inform people about like, okay, what what you know about mm. it, and mm-hmm. what actual facts are. So it was just a basic uh, process of just yeah. Yeah. letting, making them aware of it, Yeah, I guess. Yes
3: also one part of the project is like uh, one of the issues we found out was the transparency Mm. of the information so like how we can through our project or through our design Mm -hmm. like artifact can actually like visualize communication or data more uh, clearly and allowing people to understand this issue so like we made a map showing like where the um i guess production forests Mm -hmm. are located Mm -hmm. in sweden and where the protected one is so actually bringing like you see it on the, I guess, computer screen, but then actually seeing it on a, like, product, like, artifact in real life itself is quite different Mm -hmm. in that sense. Yeah, I think Mm.
2: we also kind of built upon the fact, like, there were a lot Mm. of people coming together and they're kind Mm -hmm. of also uh, participating in the process of making that map. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they're actually putting in that physical and mental effort into building stuff. So there's, Mm -hmm. like, already... Uh, we like to call it, I don't know, like there's some sort of a bit of attachment there. That's like, okay, this is something which I am building. So I'm going to put a lot of effort and actually concentrate on that and learn in the process. Mm-hmm. And then once you've built it and then you gradually see that, oh, this is what it actually is. Or maybe mm-hmm. I used to think that it was um, like there's a lot of forest and it's all protected and it's great. But then if you look at it by uh, definition of uh, by the laws or how much that's uh, how do you say dedicated mm-hmm. to those things uh, to mm. the forest areas yeah. Yeah. maybe there are not as many protected forests as people thought it would be and mm-hmm. especially like people kind of started to think on their own because like in the past few summers there have been a lot of forest fires and stuff so yeah. they were like oh so m- maybe they're not as safe as we thought it was mm. so it was interesting to see that that how they are trying to perceive things and like mm. with just one small thing that we ask them to do. So they keep thinking on mm-hmm. it and they keep yeah. developing further things mm. on their own. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: because yeah. I was also there in yeah. the workshop yeah. Yeah. and uh, I really think that showing, like visualizing this uh, forest map to people and people have uh, also participating in making this forest map uh, really um, has a great impact uh, impact on mm-hmm. like people behavior because mm-hmm. um you visualize the things and people get really uh, like it's really memorable i can still mm. picture the oh. forest map in my head now <laughs> so it's very powerful tool that to use in the future for mm. sustainability or other things related to it environment or mm-hmm. things like that
1: exactly and like yeah. what you talked about before how mm. how ingrained design is in our society, yeah. Yeah. then also one aspect would be how it I- influences people. and mm. uh, so We don't always sort of understand these ways they influence, like there's yeah. so many like emotional mm-hmm. aspects yeah, to yeah. it, for example, yeah. like the mm. things that they evoke some feelings and mm. some thoughts. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, as you mentioned, it's like becoming more broad as yeah. a concept. Yeah. yeah.
4: Like, yeah. It's
1: yeah. really interesting yeah. aspects yeah. of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. why I think it would be very interesting to invite like design students to talk about design and sustainability. And mm-hmm. that's why we end up here today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> that you yeah. Make it.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I guess I think now do you want to talk about how we s- put sustainability in the design <laughs> perspective? Yeah, I guess so. Hmm.
3: Um, I guess. Well, to answer your previous question on like what does sustainability mean to me, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I really like this um, definition by um, John Ehrenfield. So it's like his he defined it as like the possibility that human and other life will flourish on the planet forever. So I really like this, uh, I guess, definition of sustainability because it incorporates other life forms, mm-hmm. part of. Uh, um, Considerations mm-hmm. because you know we are kind of interconnected with other life forms and we are dependent on them. So, how can we create later on a society where we can incorporate them and uh, shift this system itself where we can, you know, benefit, benefit from each other? And yeah, I think ideally, my uh, guess, hopefully in the future, we can achieve this like mm-hmm. degrowth or um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in that sense or yeah. shifting the system. Yeah, so
2: yeah, and I think I. My personal definition of sustainability, or which appeals to me the mm. most, is kind of on similar lines. Yeah. But then I think I will speak more in how uh, how it's in generic terms, like what we know of, like, say, the three pillars or dimensions of sustainability. That's like social, economic, and ecological. So there has to be a, say, balance or harmony among the three. Mm. Mm-hmm. And at least if, at least even one of them is uh, it's not, how do you say, it's not satisfied or it's not met mm-hmm. then the I, it's not sustainable for me, mm-hmm. so it has to be a balance or how many between those three to be sustainable mm. and mm-hmm. it kind of, I think, me I just added more another level to it because it's not just uh, say humans mm-hmm. who are here yeah, and there's true. a lot of other life forms and things around the world Mm. which we need to take into consideration which i guess it does come under more of the ecological sense so everything needs to be taken into consideration and then uh, like you said like all of them being in harmony and continuing to live Mm. so i think that's more of a sustainable more Mm. of a definition of sustainability yeah Yeah. Yeah. at least yeah (laughs) 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 so i guess it's just the
3: commonality that mm. we have found within both of our definition was yeah. like how does uh, design play a role in the transition process yeah. to create a more adaptable and resilient society. Yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, I think with like increasing like the risk or like climate change issues, we can see how we like a society society has to be more adaptable to all the mm-hmm. uh, issues that are like we are facing. I, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it's something that we said like like uh, how things are communicated about climate change yeah. climate change is happening and it has been happening like say throughout time yeah. so mm-hmm. it will happen so I think our focus is more on like like she talked about like how do you focus more on adapting to it mm-hmm. rather than you know just um, like how our current practices are or how we are heading off right now it's just like in the more in the process of, uh, increasing the speed of that so i think it's more about like okay how do we adapt to it better mm. mm-hmm. and of course not also like to ensure that we are not just <laughs> asking for like impeding doom to come faster yeah let's yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> make it worse yeah, yeah. exactly
2: yeah. yeah so
3: yeah i think everything has to happen in parallel so mm. i mean mm. we see a lot of the like for this transition process yeah. so like now we see a lot of uh focus on like circular economy like uh, Mm -hmm. designing for circularity yeah so how to ensure these uh uh, materials or resources are Mm. uh, continuing flowing in the system
2: yeah 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 because i think the practices that we follow right now like it's kind of uh, we've been continuing it for a long long time and it's not exactly the best one as per the resources that we have now. Mm -hmm. So we need to, like, like we keep saying it, we need to make ourselves adaptable to what we have now. Mm. And also to ensure that, like, the future generations also have something. It's not, like, consume everything and just, like, they will adapt to, well, according to what they have then. Mm. So it's Mm -hmm. also, like, we adapt to the systems, keep existing harmoniously well, but then also not, like, not... uh, make it hard for the future generation and like make their lives hard yeah. and be like well you adapt to what yeah. the hard <laughs> systems yeah. that we have left for you yes yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And
1: like or hope that they come up yeah. with something yeah. to yeah <laughs> like, f- fix it so it's
2: like yeah. your time your <laughs> scarcity your struggle <laughs> we don't care so much yeah. yeah and
0: when we talk about design mm. always think that it is linking with so many resources that mm-hmm. we have yeah. because for example designed and fashion mm. and also i don't know paintings mm-hmm. one of design yeah. and it all always include a lot of resources or yeah. materials and mm-hmm. what do you think these kind of uh, resources materials like what is the role um, of design in this circular economy and how can it uh, mm-hmm. these resources or materials being circulate in yeah mm-hmm. in the in the
3: yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> mm. and where, where does design uh, yes. sort of stand in there? Yeah, in this mm. big process,
3: yeah. I think there are like some studies do yeah. say that like 80% of the environmental impact is determined at the design stage. Mm-hmm. So, what it kind of means is like, um, I mean, once you design some a product, let's say, or uh, clothing, mm-hmm. so maybe mm-hmm. we'll focus on clothing <laughs> and um. So it's not just about the product itself and how it's about how the product plays a role in the system itself. Or does the system allow this, uh, let's say, the resources go back into mm-hmm. um, this, um, the flow, like resource yeah. flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if, if yeah. we look at, let's like, say, clothing, and then there's many different considerations when you're like as a designer. So let's say the material choice you have, uh-huh. like... um. Let's say if you use cotton, then uh, the amount of resources, uh, water mm. you use is like 10,000 to 20,000 liters yeah. is to grow like one kg of cotton for mm. like oh. a simple, that's like a shirt I we'll would say, or yeah. two. Mm. Yeah. And then, but if you use the same parameters, but then if you look at polyester, for example, it doesn't use that much water for the, in terms of-
4: but Production uh, and yeah. Yeah, extraction, mm. res- resource
3: extraction, but then- then, but then as a designer, there are so many uh, different aspects you have to consider throughout the product life cycle as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, and if we take the same example again, but if you look at a disposable stage, dispose stage.
2: And disintegration. And
3: yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the mm. cotton, sh- uh, c- cotton shirt will like... Um, uh, degraded in like 10 to 20 years but whereas mm-hmm. polyester is like 200 yeah. Yeah. years yeah. so uh, as a designer I think like a lot of, you have to do often do a lot of like research mm-hmm. to understand what the impacts uh, your products have on yes. the system yeah. Um, yeah and I think one of the points that I want to make was that uh, there's like no, there's no um, the best material or most sustainable material but mm-hmm. it's how the system allows the material to go back into the uh, material flow. Mm-hmm. Like f-
2: the syst- back into the system, it stays in yeah, the stays system, in Yeah, stays in the system.
3: Mm-hmm. So like for polyester uh, clothing, I mean, it is easier to recycle these uh, clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so how the, so I think it's very important that there's this um, infrastructure that's in place that allows these resources to go back into the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, there are like a lot of, let's say, bioplastics, and um, in integrated into our like mm. products right now. Yeah. But then, if we don't have the cur- uh, right recycling facilities in um, the country, then we won't be able to recycle these waste. And when it's mixed with like com- um, petroleum plastic, then it will affect the recycling system itself. Mm-hmm. So when we have new materials or new innovation, and we call these materials very sustainable. But then if we don't have infrastructure in place, then it won't necessarily like help the material flow in that yeah, sense. Yeah, the
2: process exactly won't work as it has been designed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
3: Mm.
1: yeah, that makes sense. And like when it comes to changing the economy, for example, it mm. requires the whole system to change mm. together, not just like this. Yeah. For example, changing yeah. the design, but yeah, yeah, not having the means to close the loop, mm. so to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and like um, <clears throat> yeah, I was thinking the, circular, the circularity mm. aspect and like when you think about it design is, is like in such a central role there and like h- how to close the loop um, mm. like for example nowadays many of the electronics are designed in a way that there's just no way to like disassemble and like mm-hmm. reuse the mm-hmm. materials mm. yeah. so I, s- I suppose it's like yeah, as you mentioned there has to be like the yeah, the infrastructure change, for example.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it it is hard, I guess. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing because there's so much different materials, like just even for fashion, because like even the generic thing that we wear, we consider something to be like, oh, this is cotton, but then it's like always mostly it's cotton and polyester blend about mm. things. Mm. But then uh, the information that we receive about recycling something would be probably about Pure cotton, or like maybe cotton and like certain percentage of polyester. Mm-hmm. But then, if um, I guess this is too, I'm uh, like uh, textile is always easier to, I guess, mm. recycle in that sense. Mm. So it becomes this example becomes a bit complicated to explain <laughs> in that yeah. sense because mm. with uh, electronics, there's a lot more uh, materials and even uh, chemical um, reactions that. Uh, would be considered, mm. but sometimes mm. it's not the same with textiles. I guess yeah. That for l- electro sense.
3: electronics, you were talking about like the repairability of the product, mm. and yeah. then how um, I guess you have to take into account the longevity of the product as mm. well. Mm. Like a lot of businesses are changing from like a product system to a service system mm. instead. So, um, like we can see a lot of example mm. in terms of for example like philips um, are now shifting from like selling light bulbs to actually selling uh, lighting services mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. companies and then yeah. i can see like um backpack brands are like like backpackers like you just rent backpacks instead of owning a backpack mm-hmm. so we can how ha- see how the shift in businesses will mm-hmm. also affect how products is designed so yeah they mm-hmm. have to I guess m- ensure that these products have to be more durable in that sense or easier to repair mm. or uh, yeah. so that they can continue yeah. to sell these services along mm. so I can see perhaps maybe there's a shift in like uh, electronics design as well I think in terms of regulations how I think um, they're like looking into how to like Apple like they were saying an article about like how they are required now to be, uh, have pro- um users to dis- uh, disassemble or allow them to repair these products mm. yeah. so and that would shape how products are designed I yeah.
4: Think.
1: yeah 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 of course nowadays the digital media is mm. also playing a role in this kind of having the access to something instead of owning it Mm-mm. and it becomes this sort of immaterial yeah just
2: yeah, yeah.
0: using fashion design as an example Mm -hmm. Um, nowadays like um, it's really popular for this fast fashion where people just buy a lot of clothes in a very cheap price and Mm -hmm. they just um, they might not wear it and Mm -hmm. just throw it away or like donate to someone but actually no one wants it Mm -hmm. so as a designer how do you think um, how can designer take uh, play a role to change this fast fashions because i i think sometimes i go into stores and mm. they have this sustainable design actually mm, yes. uh, they <laughs> yeah they said that like um you don't need to buy so many different style of mm. uh, code mm-hmm. uh, but this one, like having one of this one uh, you can have different combination with other different coding mm-hmm. so do you think it's, uh, it would be a, a way out to fight the fast faction? or mm. something else, some ideas?
2: I think we oh. were talking about fast fashion at some
4: point yes <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh,
2: yeah and like like you talked about like they have the sustainable branding or tagging related to it related to the fast fashion mm-hmm. which is um I think we were talking about this particular topic in terms of uh, uh ethics or like ethical mm. management or communication about things because uh, fast fashion exists and in a way it's uh, you know it's cheap and it's easily available Yeah. so it's always appealing to people so they would always want to go for it but as as designers uh, ethically it would always be more responsible to look at the process which Mia was talking about so in the design phase you look at the materials and there's uh, the garment construction then there's like the treatment to the material that's mm. used. So you need to be aware of those things to be able to take a call on that. Mm-hmm. But then the issue with fast fashion is that uh, as, as a designer, um, I don't uh, know how much control they have over the say the process of like selling those things Mm -hmm. and not so because there comes the business perspective and the people who are you know calling the shots like okay this is how the business should function Mm -hmm. so at that point the designer um, I think they are more in the system and they're trying to survive Mm -hmm. but like the ethical the ethics part over there uh, even if they would want to do it uh, The whole system, how it exists, the business models and whatnot, it Mm. probably does not allow them to uh, um, work that independently Mm. or like more on their uh, ethical or moral grounds about the stuff. But I guess if somebody uh, in terms of, let's say, retail and stuff, if somebody is trying to work on their own business and uh, they have the ability to call all the shots on like, what material am I going to use, or what's the product which I'm gonna put out for uh, the people to actually buy. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think there they can actually look at the whole design uh, process of yeah. it, they can talk about like, okay, I'm gonna use say, m- uh, sustainably produced materials, and I'm gonna ensure that my uh, the, the fabric treatment or the yarn treatment that has gone into mm. it is, I guess, According to standards, yeah, and I, I use say design or like the patterns that is the technical terms like the patterns and stuff that I use or the garment construction is mm-hmm. also that it's lasts longer and it's mm-hmm. also suitable to the fabric. So yeah, those mm. could be the. It's a very how do you say complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. yeah, yeah, and so it
1: depends like, on the like the. So the options or possibilities that the designer has yes. to like yeah. how to yeah. influence the yeah. Yeah. process. Yeah. Okay. So
2: if it, it's on a personal level and they have, uh, like I was saying, they have all the control, they could possibly do it. Mm-hmm. But then if we're talking about somebody in a particularly set business model which has been running over the years, mm. I don't think they have the freedom to uh, really explore much in that area mm. mm-hmm, because. Yeah. Uh, from my personal experience with say the retail world mm-hmm. timeline and deadlines are very very short yeah. and there's always like okay the reason they're able to sell things at such a cheap rate is because they procure materials also in a cheaper rate mm-hmm. and unfortunately cheaper the material the quality is also not the best mm-hmm. so that's that's how the whole process works yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. sometimes
0: so i buy some clothes and then wash it for a few times it's already fall apart and yeah, i have to yeah. throw them away and yeah mm. Yeah.
1: Mm. yeah so there's something that sort of pushes designers to um sort of design certain types of products yes. i guess when it comes to fas- yeah, fast fashion yeah yeah
3: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. think but i but i do yeah i agree with what Shopee is saying but also see how i like fashion brands are also Uh, changing in that Mm. sense or shifting that uh, hopefully uh, hopefully, hopefully (laughs) I'm seeing some signs that they're shifting like how I think uh, H&M recently launched their first uh, service um, rental system Mm. in terms of like uh, Mm. consumers can Mm -hmm. um, just rent a set of uh, clothing so I guess those set of clothing has Mm. to design in a better way like better quality for example so that they can resell these garments yeah Mm. yeah it's
1: when they're like it's their responsibility to take care of them later on as well they want to make sure that it's actually last yeah Yeah. Yeah.
3: so Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's like i guess it's important for like the designers to already know or like being able to i guess adapt to the new changes Mm -hmm. or like know how to like design more sustainable because maybe companies are shifting towards that direction yeah.
2: like I, so, I I hope they are because yeah. like mm-hmm. fashion like that world is um, it has so many different dynamics because yeah. they always have these trends and stuff which is like what's the different kind of styles yeah. that you keep seeing over different seasons mm-hmm. and it's it's become a human tendency like it's like oh my god it's like you you kind of commit a crime if you're seen kind of repeating an old style or that's Mm. how it Mm. is in the fashion industry so then there comes uh, the responsibility I mean here's where I guess the designer can actually kind of try to play with it maybe repeat styles which kind of uh, helps the general public to be like, okay, I'm not committing a fashion crime or blunder if I'm repeating styles or if it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. everything yeah. is you can try out everything and not be like kind of I don't know, isolated yeah. or be like <gasps> repetition mm. of style or mm-hmm. what not. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it yeah. contributes
1: to the culture. Yeah, exactly. Through, through yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah,
3: adding on to that part I think you can it can also do about like consumer education. Mm-hmm. So how I guess for clothing again you can um how to wash your clothing properly so Mm. that it won't fall apart Mm -hmm. so easily. (laughs) 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 Providing um, some like repair kits Mm -hmm. or like some designers or brands actually provide some uh, repair services as well. Mm. So how to extend that clothing for a bit longer. I think also one interesting aspect is the, I guess, not only for clothing, but I think in products in general, like Mm -hmm. we don't have that emotional connection with Products or anything anymore. Like we don't really cherish these kind of items yeah. as much. Yeah. Therefore, it might like lead to a shorter like lifespan in that sense.
2: Yeah, I guess.
4: Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of. Um, I feel like it goes both ways. It's yeah. like at the same time we are still attached to like material things that we mm-hmm. own. It's like part of their part of our identity, but they don't. Mm. We don't take care of them. With that. Uh, yeah. 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 in that way
3: yeah it's yeah. kind of like i don't know like pa- i'm not sure a yeah. paradox like i don't want to be that materialistic but in that's another sense i want to yeah take care yeah of yeah i materi- mean I I yeah, it's,
2: it's <laughs> kind of a funny thing mm. like uh uh sometimes like people say like family heirloom or something mm. like some like if i can talk about like there are some Uh, some clothing which my mom received from uh, her mom Mm -hmm. and then she's not necessarily passed it down but then it's like I know I would get it at some point but then I would cherish it that much because it's like even though it's old Mm -hmm. Mm. uh, I know that it's been passed down from generation to generation so I have kind of an attachment to it Mm -hmm. and it's also the fact that it's old that I'll have to like take care of it like especially that well and make sure that it does not fall apart Mm -hmm. so there's also that kind of a Um, awareness in me. Like, Mm. okay, I need to deal with this. It's a delicate thing. But maybe with something like fast fashion it's like, oh, I kind of bought it yesterday. It's falling apart. But okay, I haven't had the time to maybe have that emotional connection to it. So Mm. it's like, oh, well, it's cheap. It's disintegrated. No, no problem. I can just go get something else. Mm. So.
1: I wonder how much the price actually affects that as well. Mm. Like if it's if it is more expensive, like let's say double or triple the price, I I would assume that we sort of tend to take care of them more since they have cost us more.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Yeah. I think price does definitely influence on that. Yeah, Mm. Yeah. and also I think
0: uh, it's really good that in Sweden people are really willing to buy second-hand stuff. Like furniture or clothes um, or things like that, but um, like looking back to where I come from in Hong Kong, I don't think people has this habit in buying second hand stuff, because maybe due to the traditional thinking, we don't want to pick up old stuff from people, Mm -hmm. or like especially old clothes or furniture. Mm Um so I think as this second hand culture it's um it's worth to promote mm. yeah, over the world yeah. and it's yeah. a really good practice.
3: Think. Yeah, I think that links to like one of our conversation <laughs> about like norms. <laughs> I yeah. think yeah, yeah the yeah, shifting absolutely. norms. Absolutely. Yeah. Um and guess how we can see there's a hopefully shifting how design can play a role in shifting norms and like Mm -hmm. idea of consumption or like maybe buying less is more yeah Mm -hmm. other aspect we
2: talked about yeah I mean there have been so many different uh, discussions and stories on like shifting norms and like like you talked about like like even I come from India and Mm -hmm. it's not exactly the most welcome thing to go buy second hand stuff so Mm -hmm. they'll be like "Mm, no we don't Mm -hmm. want probably we don't want somebody's hand-me-downs or something like Mm -hmm. that we we have a preference towards something that's brand new yeah, same. yeah. so yeah mm. so it's it's kind of a norm or it's kind of a culture so that mm-hmm. has kind of developed but here I guess uh, I don't know when that happened but mm. people are more open to it and mm-hmm. so it's it's good and I guess people would should learn from this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah how
0: was it in Finland like secondhand
1: I would say that <laughs> it's quite similar to Sweden mm-hmm. I mean it it is very popular uh, at least among certain um, like groups of people or like certain demographics so you buy secondhand and it's it's quite normal mm-hmm. but I think there is still some like stigma too mm-hmm. like uh, or st- I guess it's part of the culture as well yeah. mm-hmm. just like uh, uh, yeah. as you mentioned that it's we don't feel comfortable using clothes that other people have used yeah. and owned mm. but I mean, personally, for me, the only problem is that I can't find any clothes for me because it feels like it's mostly women who oh, like yeah. sell yeah. and buy yeah. second-hand clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. And uh, when I buy or when I see some like uh, men's clothes, it's usually like used fast fashion clothes mm. who are already like um, kind of worn out and like mm, I don't yeah. really feel yeah. like I should yeah. buy them. yeah,
2: yeah. yeah yeah I think In that sense. Th- yeah, that's a very interesting point because I was also thinking back a bit because mm-hmm. then there are, I won't call them luxury brands, yeah. but they're brands who sell stuff Hi, like ah and this is a yeah, maybe ah uh, this is a vintage piece or this mm. is like uh yeah, this like this ah. is the special thing mm. like uh mostly I think it's related to furniture and maybe mm. uh, interior design and stuff like mm. ah vintage vase or like an ancient thing, so it's like you mm. have like unbelievable pricing on it but then Mm -hmm. people are like "Ah, vintage so we have to buy it and that sort of thing Mm. but then in a way if it's vintage so obviously somebody has used it at some point Mm -hmm. but then I guess the way it has been preserved or they've kind of I don't know um, kept it in a way or like they've cleaned it and they're presenting it in a way that The other person feels it like okay this is quite appealing i want to have a vintage piece in my home or something like that Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. i guess even with vintage clothing Mm -hmm. so it's always about i guess durability and quality of the piece of clothing as well so it's like oh it's in a good condition and so i guess i can still take care of it and keep it later and i have something like oh i have this great piece from this era to like I guess, show off or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's true. And I think it's also when it comes to clothes to mm. some extent. Yeah. yeah. There are some like some classics that have preserved mm. well from the 80s or something like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then yeah, it's definitely. like you, they pay like crazy prices for mm-hmm. f- yeah. for these products. Mm. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: Hmm. Mm. yeah. I was actually thinking you mentioned the sort of the culture shifts and the norms.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then combining as well with the durability mm-hmm. of the product yes. mm-hmm. I I was just kind of thinking the um, um, when it comes to fast fashion for example or like fashion in general mm-hmm. it like it seems like both in physical and emotional way the mm-hmm. products should be uh, be durable or they should last sort of, of of course it requires this culture shift to more like timeless, clothing for example mm-hmm. so shifting away from these trends and everything like this but if if there was this culture to just have clothes instead of these trendy things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then we could maybe design the clothes in a way that so people like them for a long time they don't get bored of them for mm-hmm. example and uh, so mm-hmm. they both endure physically and emotionally in some <laughs> sense Do you? I'm not sure if you got one yeah, yeah, I one meant, but yeah. do you have any thoughts on that?
3: I, I mean f- fashion is always a very uh, tricky oh for th- me like yeah. for me it's a tricky part because it relates to your identity mm. so much mm. like on what you wear. So yeah. I'm just thinking whether we can bring it to a, like another product or I
2: I think it, uh, it it gets a bit complex for me in mm-hmm. that d- dimension because if I'm thinking about it like if I consider like when i was a kid or my parents because i think it was about like the resources and say the um, products that were available they mm. were limited mm-hmm. and they knew uh, like in that time period they, n- they knew that okay i have this much say resource in terms of money which i can spend on something and I have to make it last for a certain time period. Mm -hmm. So they were with that mindset and they would do it. But gradually, if I look back at like at least the last 10 to 15 years, Mm -hmm. the availability of resources and the consumption practices have like, I don't know, exponentially grown. Mm. Mm. So it becomes very hard. It's a very human trait that, okay, if you can get more things in like lesser space, spending amount, you tend to be like, okay, I have the capacity to do it, so maybe I would. Mm -hmm. And I guess if I'm talking about like my parents' generation, they, for them it was like, okay, I can only spend this much on something, so obviously if my kid is able to have something, uh, have more in that that amount of money, why not? Mm. Because Mm -hmm. they were like, okay, we were not able to do this. So there was that bit of shift of dynamics and things became easily available. So people were like, oh, we can easily get things. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. that I think, was more appealing to people. Mm. But then gradually we are kind of realizing that, okay, maybe it was very appealing then, but then it's affecting our environment mm. and mm. it will eventually affect all our lives. Mm. Yeah. So maybe that's not the best way to go for it. But then these kind of things, it takes time to start changing yeah. yeah
4: I think
3: the hmm the emotional part I think like um, like slowing down I would say or I guess the appreciation in products mm-hmm. or like the amount of effort like yeah. is put into creating a product I think we since we're like we don't know how most yeah. of the products yeah. are being made yeah. right now mm. so I, I'm just thinking about like why I started to become more like, appreciative of like mm-hmm. my clothing is mm-hmm. The first time was when i saw the amount of clothes being thrown away like in hong mm-hmm. kong every day like yeah. i went to this warehouse mm-hmm. where i was in literally in a room and i was surrounded by clothes where like the clothes were like four meters high mm. and i was just having like wow this is like a mo- lot of resources being waste so that was kind of the first like trigger and then the second was was actually going to a clothing factory and just seeing how m- much time yeah. An effort putting yep. into every single step. It was just a simple dress shirt, mm-hmm. but like there was like maybe one hundred steps or even oh, more. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. But it's just the I think people uh, not often aware of like the amount of uh, technicality, resources yeah. and knowledge just yeah. just put uh, simply yeah. put into a simple clothing. So yeah. I think then I guess we have to increase the like transparency or like mm-hmm. the yeah. communication mm-hmm. yeah. on like the like story of these products so maybe that would help to mm-hmm. increase the emotional part or like
2: yeah. yeah yeah
1: so we are more attached to them to maybe in like the healthy way to yeah. the clothes that we own or yeah. the things that we own
3: yeah not yeah. just the products but the yeah. people behind it yeah. as well. yeah. Yeah. yeah yes That's it. Mm.
1: there's always th- all these stories yes yeah. behind them
2: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. but i mm-hmm. think most of the stories which are presented they're like oh they're working in these precarious conditions they're working mm-hmm. for mm. like ungodly hours and something so like me i was saying my attachment towards clothing and textiles is because because i was a student of fashion and textiles mm-hmm. i learned how to make stuff so then i appreciated as like like i could see my uh, thoughts in my head going on like oh my goodness i was not appreciating it but now that i make things i know the time and effort that goes into it mm-hmm. so I started to appreciate things a lot more. Mm -hmm. But then I had friends and relatives who were like, oh, it's just a piece of clothing. It doesn't matter. You can throw it away. But I was like, you don't understand. And it was Mm. very hard to explain Mm -hmm. it to them because they have not been through that whole process of Mm -hmm. making something like a very simple T-shirt. It's like they would say, oh, it's just four stitches. But then it's like, the precision and the way you handle those things, it's a different, I don't know, skill set that you develop. Mm. And, yeah, sometimes it's like you can't appreciate the skill sets which you don't have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so, kind of a yeah.
4: problem. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm.
2: Mm. So, yeah, so people generally don't know exactly what goes on behind the process. Mm. I mean, it would be interesting to just try and just experiment with people or something like that. Oh, do you know how much time and effort goes into just making this T shirt mm. or whatnot? Yeah. And just gauge like and you show them the actual process and like maybe statistically or like in some kind of visualization or mm. whatnot. I don't yeah. I don't exactly know. I'm just thinking yeah. as mm. I'm going. And then <laughs> try to experience. see whether yeah. and then yeah. try to see whether they're actually mm. uh it's making an impact on them or yeah. not. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah. <laughs> like just hearing people's uh, perceptions of, like, what re- what is sort of embodied in this piece of clothing, for example, and like, mm, yeah. what goes behind it. Yeah, but I yeah. guess it's kind of hard to, also, on the other hand, communicate mm-hmm. all these things. as yes, you said. Yeah. 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 Make, make people feel what you yeah. feel about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of thing. yeah. <laughs> I, I was th- just thinking we've been we've touched upon this like social sustainability side of Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, design, for example. Uh, What is your sort of um, understanding or view on how much of the commodity chain of these materials and everything is sort of considered in the design process? Is it like when it comes to like social aspects? Because I guess often it's more like the environmental and like the natural costs mm. of these materials, but for example, if if you know that, okay, cotton quite often is like, um, I don't know, produced in these conditions that mm. are not so optimal for from the social mm. sustainability mm. perspective, mm. then how much of that is considered in this design process? Mm. Like, maybe I'll choose something else mm. instead yeah. of...
3: I think you can talk about the laptop example
2: you talked about. Uh, I think that's a Yeah. Social. Yeah, considering
3: I mean, the social context of
2: yeah, yeah. I mean a mm. socio-cultural context of things. So um, generally, when people are designing something, um, or like which is more uh, how do you say the relevant design or product that come in. So I went through this particular case studies for one of our projects, or like when we read through case studies. So it was more like uh, there was this. Um, company who designed laptops Mm -hmm. and the way they promoted their laptops was more like um, it's something um, that's easy to disassemble Um, the parts are quite separate so uh, somebody can easily uh, you know repair or replace uh, broken parts of the laptop and Mm -hmm. it's easy to do it apparently Mm -hmm. so the whole product was designed and tested in the u.s but then one of their uh, campaigns taking more of the social aspect was that if one person buys a laptop in the US or anywhere else in the world, they would provide a free laptop uh, to a kid uh, somewhere in South America. Mm -hmm. So they designed the product that way. And it was more like it's going to be given to a kid in South America in a school setting where the kid can learn about they can work on the laptop, but they can also learn how to repair their own laptop mm. if, uh, you know, if something happens. Mm. So they took the whole sustainability aspect into that.
4: Okay. But mm. then
2: the whole issue was that it was designed and tested in the US. Mm-hmm. So there's already a culture. They did test it with kids. But then the thing is that there's already a socio cultural uh, thing which exists there.
4: Mm-hmm. And
2: the kids will behave in a particular way because, say, the kid already has seen people or he knows how to handle a laptop. So the basic example is that maybe when they are moving from a place, maybe from their room to the living room or something, mm-hmm. they would probably close the sh- lid of the laptop, mm. hold it in their hand and they would walk. So it reduces the chance of, let's say, the screen breaking. Mm. But then you, the kid in South America, they are not exactly exposed to that. So it's like a completely new technology that you're handing it mm-hmm. to them. Mm. So there were cases where somebody cracked the screen because they had the laptop open and they were running around, it fell or something. So that was the case. But then the whole system was also planned for the laptop is that you do get the, say, uh, repairable parts of, say, any broken parts, say the the trackpad or something. So uh, it's easily available in the US. So you can easily, uh, you know, order for it and you would get it. But that's not the case for the system in South America. Mm. So Mm -hmm. even though the intent is good, there are these socio-cultural aspects which were, I don't think they were well considered Mm. at that point. So the intent for sustainability and helping kids, everything was great. Mm. But then it did not reach to its full potential because the system or the service they based it on was completely different for the end user at that point. So there are these Mm. kind of... dynamics (laughs) dynamics yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 so it can
1: so, backfire if you don't like thoroughly plan it as like I mean it sometimes it's kind of hard to estimate all these different things that can come up yeah. I think there was also one uh, uh, company that makes shoes it was like one of these programs like buy one mm. and another one was <laughs> yes, donated yeah. to another yeah. country but it was mm. like it disrupted the local economy yes. in a way mm. like the mm. local shoemakers didn't have the
4: yeah, like yeah,
1: opportunities in mm. that sense anymore. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, when it comes to more of the economic side, there must mm-hmm. be again, like thinking about these like future prospects of mm-hmm. design, mm. there must be kind of demand for these, um, maybe circular products mm-hmm. and everything that, that they won't happen unless there's a demand for them. Mm. So, there's kind of a slow shift towards that kind of thing, and as you mm-hmm. mentioned, there there are some signs of. There's some some sort of change happening, so it's kind yeah, kinda mm-hmm. motivating as well, or like yeah, it is ha- quite yeah. Yeah. motivating <laughs> mm-hmm. and exciting, I would say, yeah. like
3: at this time. So there's like a loop program, I guess. A lot of mm-hmm. big brands are like looking into how to have uh, refillable uh, packaging so that consumers can use or just buy mm-hmm. instead. Mm. So like you can see the shift because there is not enough not enough resources mm-hmm. for everyone to continue to consume this way and like it was one interesting aspect I always thought about is like um, the fashion industry is changing because they cannot continue this way and it can cannot compete with the food mm. production you would prioritize food over fashion mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. so that's why they have to think of like new solutions and how to uh, I guess develop new materials in terms of uh, like maybe like um, orange fiber materials using waste like mm. two turn materials and some new technologies like biomaterials in that sense so I th- mm. yeah I think it's a very exciting time yeah. mm. as designers to experiment with like yeah. new mm. solutions yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah more and more demand on yeah, yeah. For, for yeah. Mm. yeah.
0: yeah. but as a designer maybe uh, he or she can design sustainable materials putting into that c- mm. clothes or something but uh, as a consumer after I buy the clothes like if I really don't want it anymore or it doesn't s- it doesn't suit me anymore how how can I put it back into this cir- circulations mm. I'll yeah. always think about it and any mm, ideas yes. <laughs> I don't know yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, <laughs> yeah that, that's Go the tricky.
2: biggest challenge right mm, now yeah. I mean that's mm. what we were talking about challenging norms and kind of designing for that or just enabling that to happen mm. because unless we like You would think about it because you're aware of things. But Mm -hmm. then if we just take the general population, Mm. many people don't really think about it. And you don't know when who would kind of start thinking about it or what would be that, say, trigger point for them, which they'll be like, oh, they would suddenly become aware of it. Mm -hmm. So I think gradually just first point would be to, like, maybe start making people aware of it and then start putting effort into your own practice mm-hmm. and then kind of mm-hmm. also motivate others to follow the same practice and I guess um, not hold on to like stigmas and norms. Mm. I think that's that's how I think we are trying to get through day by day, but I guess yeah. that's one of the processes. Mm-hmm. And I guess if it it's not a collective effort, it's going to be really, really hard then.
3: Yeah, I think, yeah, I guess if you're aware of it, mm-hmm. I think, I think it go back to our conversation about like existing infrastructures and systems mm. and so so now then we have to like collectively demand for like policy changes yeah. mm-hmm. uh, within like government or like university itself that can help you mm-hmm. to incorporating mm-hmm. or like recycling these materials back so but I guess that would be more mm, not sure if it's a I guess it's a service designer or what's it called transition designers yeah, role. Yeah. Well, that's, that would be the center.
2: Yeah. Mm. I mean, I guess unless you become aware and you really demand for it, mm-hmm. it's going to be very hard for to make that change. Yes. Mm. Yeah. In mm. like
1: <coughs> the system scale. Yeah. But of course, it's not normal until it is. Yeah. Mm. So it's like eventually there's a, of always potential to reach yeah, that point. Yeah. 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 This kind of reminds me
2: of something with uh, one of the very famous designers or so we can call Mm -hmm. Ezio Manzini. Ah, mm -hmm. Yeah, he, I think, mentioned in one of his books, like, it's, it was about, like, how anybody could be a designer, Mm -hmm. but then it's probably going to be his way of, I don't know, I don't want to say, like, pacifying us was more like, it's gonna be, kind of maybe a frustrating time for us because we are in, say, the process of transition. Mm. So until you've actually reached that process, Mm -hmm. you will not be able to reflect back and say that this was the big change which happened. Mm. So because you're in the process, we'll be like... It's gonna be very hard yeah. on us, yeah. but then like, why is there yeah, change but, not happening? Yeah, but then enough, that's yeah. the whole point of keeping the inspiration of going. Like, okay, keep working towards it because if you mm. do, mm-hmm. at some point the change will come. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: actually, our previous episode was with um, yeah, Björn Ulvaeus, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and yeah, we were talking about social transformations, and mm-hmm. this ties into that quite well. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of hard to see the change when you're in it yeah, yeah. but so mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah then maybe on the other side you can reflect some
4: yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. Mm. awesome <laughs> did you have any uh, more points that you would like to bring up
3: um i think n- i guess like as the designers in general i guess we have to going back to, like, what we can do, I guess, mm. like, the next four in yeah. this, like, transition yeah. process. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, some inspiring yeah. words and, Yeah, not like <laughs> time <laughs> 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 words are resources that we can use, yeah. I guess.
3: Yeah. I guess, um, first, like, I guess understanding the life cycle of the garment, like, the impact of the products in system. So, mm. I guess yeah. some of the resources that we kind of use, I guess, yeah. uh, it's I like mean, the Circular yeah. Design Guide by IDEO, Mm. or that you can learn about the circular economy from the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess one of the things that we should consider is the needs versus wants
2: yeah, yeah. aspect. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I think Possibly.
2: we... Yeah, and it, it's, it's more like how Mia was saying that we tend to look at certain... Uh, Products or design in isolation mm. with just one thing, yeah. but then we need to really look at it with like the whole systems perspective. And I think it goes back to one of the brief description mm. uh, discussions we were having before, like basic something like the SDGs. Mm. What people are doing is like they're saying, "Oh, we are going to be dedicated to this one goal, and we're going to mm. work towards it," but then on the basic level, all the 17 of them are interrelated to each other. Mm. So you can't really isolate one and leave out Mm. the other. So that's one thing. Mm -hmm. And coming to like the needs versus wants, (laughs) it was a very fun conversation conversation we had with (laughs) one one of our friends. I mean, we do agree with him, but then it's like, I don't um, don't call it like unpopular opinion, but then people might not really (laughs) enjoy that. So so his... point mm-hmm. was like a basic product like straws mm. like he was talking about how people are developing different forms of straws because originally we are uh, if you talk about straws we always think of a plastic straw yeah. mm-hmm. but then people are developing these new uh, straws with like paper yeah, yeah. glass metals and there's mm. so much focus on like sustainability related to that. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah,
3: sustainable <laughs> materials like for straws, like yeah. paper. But then maybe the impact actually on using paper materials is actually a lot higher. Yeah. So I think the point he wanted to make was, was like, do we really need, need straws? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can all drink. I guess. It, drink something and then now I'm yeah. thinking it's like then I guess maybe how that norm developed on the need of the product, right? Exactly. So previously we don't really use straws Mm. and now we because we're more convenience like faster and then we have to develop this product to satisfy that want but then maybe we have to shift to a new way of like consumption or drinking yeah because I think
2: we kind of debated on like need of straws and stuff so it's like the need of straws is uh, maybe for people who have uh, they really need it because they have some sort of a disability or Hmm. maybe if they're in a medical setup where they probably can't uh, use their whole mouth i don't know the exact situation but Mm. then there's a need for that Mm yes so they really need it in that way but like Mm. in general we don't really need it but it's just some sort of a convenience that we Mm. have which is just yeah yeah it's just like at our disposal you can just grab one anywhere Mm. because of its immense availability so Mm. it's just something that's convenient for us so we would like to have like you know just be, walk on the go exactly like, drink on the go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Yeah. there's something that's convenient mm. in our hands mm. I can sip so it's like it's not necessarily a need but then it's just there and like oh I would like to have this so you want it and that's it's mm. like oh, but then it's available but then it's like it's a resource it's consuming so many uh resources and yeah. energy and everything goes yeah. into that and it's straws and ocean pollution can be a different yeah. topic altogether <laughs> yeah, so so, yeah so it's kind of yeah but I think the whole basis of that topic was more like being aware of your wants and needs mm-hmm. and then kind of prioritizing stuff so it's kind of maybe going back to how the older generation was that you kind yeah. of be aware and focus more on your needs mm. yeah take
1: yeah. a s- step back and try to like uh, uh View how things are like, kind of out, uh, outside of the box. Yeah, Yeah. or
3: understanding like, why does this product exist or need to exist, or like the functionality of it. it. Yeah, Yeah. what is the purpose? Is it? Yeah, because
2: I think in that process Mm. you will start valuing a particular say product or service. You'll be like, Mm. you will value it like, oh, this is why I have it and this is my use for it. Mm. So I think there's that whole process you really need to think about yeah. like how it serves your purpose but then emotional values yeah. and how it exists in the system so mm-hmm. you yeah. have to look at certain things at like almost like three four different levels <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i was thinking like but uh, if you directly shift from having straw mm-hmm. and then the, uh, to no straw. It's mm. kind of difficult for people to adapt to it. Yeah. Mm. So that's why we need like a slowly process yeah. that goes mm. to I yeah, don't know okay. maybe without. Like I I am really comfortable with uh, the development of this reusable straw actually mm. because I'm a straw person. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But I I have like this steel one like the mm. stainless steel one mm-hmm. uh, because I developed this. Uh, Habit when I was having my braces, it's so difficult to drink without a straw, but then I got the stainless steel one and I think I use it and it's uh, convenient and i don't think it create big problem to the, to the community mm-hmm. but still i think um, if a restaurant you don't provide them with straw people don't think about it okay it's fine to drink with this or we, we can develop like design like a better cup shape where people mm-hmm. can drink mm-hmm. easier without the straw yeah. Yeah.
4: Um,
0: so you don't provide them with the straw and then people just don't need it eventually mm-hmm. Slowly yeah. in, the, in the future, if they don't remember, they even have this thing before, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah And <laughs> so I think you're talking exactly the, about,
3: like,
2: we, how the design, like, system design yeah. works. Yeah, or mm. I think
3: it's understanding why yeah, people exactly. want straws, and then it's the convenience, right? So, as yeah. you mm. said, like, designing a newer product, that mm. allows the same convenience, but without straws. So yeah. I think that is how, yeah. this like, yeah. we can yeah. use design to create yeah. new solutions, in that sense.
2: Uh, like, yeah. You're using, you said you have a metal straw, right? Mm-hmm. A reusable yeah. one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you're used to using it and you would always mostly like carry it with you mm-hmm. because it's something that um, has been a part of your life. So you're kind of used to that, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily how people do it. Mm-hmm. And they are used to the plastic straws. Yeah. So maybe if you really yeah. look at it from a larger system perspective, it's mm-hmm. hard to kind of enforce that on people. Because I don't think everybody is like, ah, I would like to carry a metal straw. I mean, Mm. you started with it because there was a need for you at that point. Mm -hmm. So those are the kind of things like, like you said, if if you remove the straws, like the plastic straws from the system, Mm -hmm. people will start looking for alternative ways and they will probably come up with or design new products, which Mm -hmm. would kind of work as an alternative for that. Yeah, maybe to, sh- to satisfy yeah, that exactly. function or need mm. or yeah. Mm. yeah so yeah so it's like mm. straw has a function but then like from that need function to just having it for convenience and just like not taking it for kind of granted mm. so those are the kind of things we really need to consider consider yeah mm-hmm. yeah
1: that's a really interesting like a philosophical debate you yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, where, where yeah. do these needs and yeah. wants come from yeah, and what yes. is important and what is not mm. like a uh, I, to some extent, these wants are also important, or like they could be considered needs, mm. even mm-hmm. like for just like psychological well-being. Yes. As like, where do we mm-hmm. yeah. draw the lines and yeah. trying mm-hmm. to understand the whole yeah. system as a whole? Yeah. yeah, That's a really interesting yeah. Yeah. conversation around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. <laughs> it kind of, it was a fun conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And a bit actually just a quick side note, I've been uh, lately thinking about this, uh, wants and needs mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to these uh, categories of things mm. and how there's this kind of push for innovation mm. so this mm. we need to come up with like new products but for them to be useful we need to have a problem so we kind of also come up with a problem sometimes mm. as well mm. so like
4: yeah <laughs> designing yeah. the product
1: first and then marketing and like yeah, this is a problem yeah. when it's not necessarily such a big problem but just yeah. like yeah. from a marketing th- perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, exactly.
3: I agree. I think, well, I've been also thinking about <laughs> that actually because <laughs> yeah. like these new uh, products for these new problems is just to, I guess, a way for us to continue this economic growth mm. in that mm-hmm. sense yeah. to just uh, I have uh, making people go, oh, I do have this problem or oh, maybe I should buy this and then so mm-hmm. just stimulating economy in another yeah. way. So yeah. continuous growth. So yeah, I Yeah, this yeah. is a topic I've it, also have been like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
2: like everything is so complex right now that um, unfortunately simple solutions are not enough to solve the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But then it's, it's like one aspect of design. I, I don't remember who said this, but it's like you need to look at design to be more in like small steps towards solving maybe a larger goal because it won't mm-hmm. be like that one solution which is going to solve it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and we live in this really complex world right now, so we mm. need to maybe start take baby steps and start solving one small bit and after the another. So it'll be maybe that one huge problem, mm. but then you have to make it smaller bits and work towards it gradually. So, mm-hmm. mm. yeah, mm. it goes into a very, very philosophical <laughs> <laughs> level. <Yeah. laughs>
1: well, that's a nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, also one of our previous guests who we were also discussing. Yeah, this we and we like always
0: talk about this like small things putting together into a big picture. Yeah, yeah, hmm. mm-hmm.
1: beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have time for one more question? <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. If you're not in a hurry, yeah. I was thinking if there's like one specific design that you would like to make or to make come true in the future, do you have some like <laughs> dreams Ooh. about? <laughs> something that I, I it doesn't have to be like <laughs> realistic even uh, but like just some wild mm-hmm. idea.
3: I might it's my thesis project basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Uh, so um I guess I guess my dream or like the envision the future might be is uh where um we can co-live with uh, other species. So where there's no uh I guess um, egocentric, anthropocentric point of view in this world where um, we are equal with other animals. So my, I guess what I wanted to design now is where I can create a home where we can, that it can help us to connect with ourselves, with other people, and also nature. Mm. So I would see like um, products, I guess, in this home that can benefit both us and nature in that sense. Mm-hmm. So I had like a crazy... Slightly crazy idea. I don't know. But it was like a table, which is also a home for ants. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like you can open the tabletop and it's their home and then at the legs, they can like have a tunnel and going back to the earth. And then so it's just kind of a system that is kind of integrated with nature Mm -hmm. and we're just part of it in that sense. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's my dream. (laughs) Wow. Mm
1: -hmm, Yeah, yeah. That sounds really cool.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The idea is really cool. Well, I don't have that kind of a idea or product but <laughs> yeah. i think yeah. i think i would just like to have kind of a food system where there's not so much waste mm. and like everybody has what enough to satisfy their needs so i think i'm just more on that abstract level in yeah, that yeah like sense. the system yeah yeah the system level. yeah, yeah. Mm. because i think food waste has been one of the yeah. biggest topics that we have been seeing and talking about so mm. yeah for me, it's like everybody should be well fed, shouldn't be wasting stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Great.
1: I guess. Yeah. i I would be happy with uh, everything we've um, mm-hmm. talked about so far. Yeah. It's yeah. been really yes. fascinating and uh, mm-hmm. inspiring as well, mm-hmm. and many new like <laughs> thoughts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also to rethink yourself, your wants and needs. Yeah.
1: For sure. <laughs> so keep yeah, up the good you. work. Thank pushing you. Pushing the <laughs> status quo. And um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming. Yeah,
0: thank yeah, you, thank you thank for you today. For
1: yeah, thank <laughs>
0: you. Here comes the good news.
1: Yeah, time for some. I mean, the conversation was also there was also some positive stuff mm-hmm. there, but let's get some good news in.
0: Blue whales bouncing back from the brink of extinction after decades of decline. Mm -hmm. Amazingly, blue whales have managed to bounce back from the brink of extinction, and it will be the news that we all need to hear today. Their numbers had actually reduced by a drastic 97% in recent years, but the British Antarctic Survey has actually found an unprecedented amount of the whales in South Georgia. Which is really fascinating and a super good news to all of us.
1: Mhm, and uh, you especially are interested in like this. Yeah, marine
0: m- mar- mammals, marine yeah. science. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. it must be,
1: must be kind of, yeah, good for g- good news for you especially. Yeah, right?
0: good news for everyone. <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, of course, there's been like the history behind whaling and everything, so it's good to see that things are getting better Mm -hmm. uh, heading to the positive direction
0: yeah so that's all for today
1: yeah I think with that we could end it so thank you Charlie once again
0: thank you Rasmus
1: bye
4: bye bye
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Sustain Us podcast.
1: Sustain Us theme was composed by Joshua Watt and arranged and produced by Rasmus Sihonen. The artwork is by Charlie Chan and logo typeface by Luz de Kruyt. Also, thank you Navitas Platform for supporting this podcast. Remember that we have our social media platforms that you can follow us on for updates and new things that we're up to
0: for our Instagram account it's sustain.us
1: and Facebook and Twitter we have sustus podcast but you will also find us by sustain us podcast
0: if you have any comments or opinions for our podcast please send us an inbox so we can take a look at it and also if you have any ideas about what do you want to listen in the future some interesting topic you can also drop us an inbox and we will be glad to see it
1: If you'd like to be a guest on our podcast, you can also do the same.